following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. This is the MSP North Podcast, covering high school sports in Robertson and Montgomery County. Here are your hosts, Blaine Keller and Brady McAtamney. Hey, 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 guys. How we doing? Welcome back to another episode of the MSP North Podcast. It's postseason basketball time here in Middle Tennessee, and we got an awesome show lined up for you guys today. As usual, we're going to do our games of the week, our players of the week, our one thing segment. We're also going to interview Kenyatta Perry, head coach of the East Robertson girls basketball team, and Tyler Hickman, head coach of the district champion Clarksville Academy Cougars, who we've got on the line already. Tyler, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's our pleasure, man. District champions, it's got a good ring to it, doesn't it? Yeah, it feels good. Uh, you know, boys have worked hard all year, and, uh, you know, to reward it at the end <clears throat> with the district title, I think is, uh, you know, huge for our program. It's been 11 years, so for us, um, you know, adding, adding another banner up there is a good thing. Yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, and, and to get there, you guys went through Friendship Christian and Good Pasture, who are teams that you went one and three against in the regular season, losing twice to Good Pasture, once to Friendship Christian. And, and two of those games were right before the postseason. Um, I'm, I'm curious how you guys rebounded from those late season losses against teams that you had to go play again right away and come back to beat them. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with our guys and how they, you know, how they handle certain situations. Uh, we did not handle uh, really any of those three losses very well. Um, you know, against Good Pasture the first time, uh, we turned it over entirely too much. Against Good Pasture the second time, we shot it, we shot it really, really bad um, for the for the majority of the game. Uh, and then at Friendship, we were up two and foul a three-point shooter late, and he makes all three free throws. Uh, so we really felt like we were in all three games. Um, you know, even even though you kind of you kind of you kind of come away feeling like, um, you know, now you're the three seed in the district. But the reality was, we always felt like um, we were talented enough, and and we had the the team to do it. Um, our boys finally crunched down and played. Um, you know, played the best defense we've played all year, and for us. Uh, you know, when we get that kind of effort out of our defensive end, there's no doubt uh, we have a chance to be special. And, Coach, you, you mentioned those games, beating Friendship Christian 65-61 in my finals and beating Good Pasture 48-41 in the championship. Do you think you kind of proved both ways that you could win with your offense and win with your defense in the district tournament? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's actually funny you say that. We've been talking about that, um, you know, a little bit as a coaching staff. Uh, you know, even though I talk about our, our defense being really good, Friendship hit 11 threes on us. Now, most of them were contested. Um, they got some, some easy ones in the first half. But, um, you know, we really grinded down the stretch and made them harder and harder. But, you know, teams are going to shoot the ball well um, against us, and we've got to be able to play kind of both styles. And I thought uh, this past weekend was a good example of that. I mean, Friendship hit 11 threes on – um, Friday night, and then Good Pastor only shot seven on Saturday. Um, you know, but but trying to do it both ways, uh, I think that's one of the good things about our team is you know we're typically going to find ourselves in most games late, and um, you know it's going to come down to that execution late and making sure you know that we're doing the right things and and uh, finishing games how we're supposed to. 
Yeah, now we'll get into uh, tonight's game in a moment here. But uh, looking at the region, uh, how much do you know about some of the teams that you might have to go through, assuming that you've you know, looked over it a little bit? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think we've watched film on most of them. Uh, we've played Columbia Academy. Um, FRA was in uh, our Christmas tournament at Florida, so we watched a couple games, uh, you know, that they had played. I know FRA is not in it, but um, they played a couple teams, so we ended up watching some of their film. Uh, we watched USN twice. I've watched, um, you know, enough of Webb just in just in terms of watching games throughout the year. Um, so we have a pretty good idea of what those teams are capable of. Uh, there's no doubt it's a very good region, um, you know, and we're we're looking forward to the challenges that await. And when you maybe look at last night, you know, last night Carson Academy girls, the number two seed in their dis- in their district, and then the number two for the region. They drop one in Middle Tennessee, Christian. Does that have any implication, you know, towards you guys knowing that, you know, it's one loss and then it's over? Yeah, I mean, I think it has to a little bit. You know, first and foremost, Charles does a good job, and our girls, you know, have competed really well all year. Um, you know, I think it's obviously a frustrating end to the season for them, um, you know, last night. But I think we have to use it as a sense of motivation and urgency, um, you know, just saying, uh, you know how important this one is, and you got to get off the good starts, and you got to, you know, you got to play well and try and protect our house. You know, it's at our place tonight, so uh, I think you have to use that in the sense of, you know, most of our boys were at the game last night; they saw it firsthand, uh, and nobody, nobody wants to go home at this point in the year. So, um, you know, it's good for good for our boys to see it. I mean, I hate saying that for our girls' program, but it was good for our boys to kind of see it firsthand and have, you know, have it in their mind so you know such early recent history you mentioned you had uh, some of your boys in attendance there one guy that was there was eddie ricks who was just recently named a finalist for mr basketball in uh, d2a uh, i want to give you a chance here to uh state the case for eddie to win that award well i mean i think first and foremost um, you know, Eddie's, Eddie's a special talent. Um, he's averaging, uh, he averaged about uh, 24 until we got into some of our uh, district games where he didn't necessarily need to play, you know, extended minutes. Um, you know, he's averaging about 21 in total now, 21 and seven. Uh, he's really started defending, defending the ball. Uh, it's made a huge difference for us. He's, he's playing great defense, rebounding at a high level. Uh, but I think the thing that people don't really understand about Eddie is, um, you know, he's just a good teammate, and, and guys flock to be around him. And I think Eddie would, would uh, be remiss if I didn't say that a lot of this had to do with his team and, um, you know, the guys that are surrounding him and supporting him in every in every way. I mean, there's, you know, a lot of guys who um, sacrifice, you know, throughout our team, regardless of whether Eddie's shooting or somebody else is shooting. you got to make sacrifices on a good team. And so um, the team has a lot to do with that. Uh, but there's no doubt he's a special talent. Uh, shooting the ball from about 35% from three. Uh, you know, he's just he's a special kid. And, um, you know, he's one of those kids that, um, <clears throat> you know, no matter what grade he's in or what grade the other competitors are in, you know, it's just come watch the kid play and you, and you see the difference. He's not a post player. He's not a he's not a guard. He, he can play both. Um, and he does both well. He scores at all three levels really well. And he's incredibly skilled to be 6'7 uh, as a junior. And so, um, you know, I, I think, I think he should be the favorite. Um, I know there's a kid, a couple kids out of Memphis that are there with him. Um, you know, and, and I know that I know one of the kids pretty well because um, he's with FACS and they're a top team uh, in our state. And um, so I understand that. But 
At the same time, I just think Eddie does a lot more than people realize uh, for our team. He's not just a scorer. He does he does a lot of different things, and he's a great passer, and he's turned into a great rebounder for us too. Well, I think it's obvious to say the longer you go in the postseason, the more likely he would continue to be the favorite. And when you look at tonight's game against Columbia Academy, as you mentioned, that's a, a team you guys dropped game two earlier. I believe that was in December, 44 to 47. Do you guys look back at that game at all in this one, or do you feel that you're a little bit of a different team from that point? Uh, I think we're both different teams, which is which kind of makes tonight's matchup a little bit intriguing. I, I've said to our guys all week, you know, the reality is this team isn't a four seed coming to our place. Um, they're a they're a um, they're a two seed that just found a way to lose a semifinal in a consolation game. <laughs> um, you know, so uh, I mean, you go back and look at some of their film. They were beating Webb seventeen to two in the semifinal game and ended up losing. Uh, and then Providence, you know, maybe they were a little bit flat on Saturday and Providence playing at home before their girls played in the championship game. And I think both of those scenarios kind of played out exactly um, exactly opposite of, of what uh, Coach Marty Marty wanted for them. Um, you know, so we've got to be on our game, man. They're they're far from a they're far from a four seed. Uh, we've obviously watched we've obviously watched the game we played against in December, uh, but we feel like we were totally different too. That was the uh, Back to back with Clarksville High, so we played Clarksville High on Thursday night, lost in a close, you know, kind of emotional, good crowd, uh, and then an early Friday start. So we played before our girls, which is just rare. I'm not saying that that's you know a bad thing. It's just rare and different. And um, you know, we we weren't very good, um, and I think our boys would admit that. Uh, we both had a player out, um, or not out, but we had one who is just returning to our lineup, and they had one that was out. So. Um, you know, it's really hard to get a true feel for it, but at the same time, uh, I think, you know, everybody's excited for it. And I think there's no doubt we're playing, uh, much better basketball than we were that night. Absolutely. It should be an excellent game. The battle of the CA is with Clarksville Academy and Columbia Academy. So, uh, looking forward to seeing that. Uh, I will be there in attendance and, uh, should be a real, real good basketball game. Tyler, thank you for joining us, man. Uh, congratulations again on winning the district and best of luck. Uh, going the rest of the way in the region. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for everything you do, and hopefully you guys continue to follow us for at least uh, another three or four weeks. Well, Brady, I'll say this. Columbia Academy's got Griffin Cooper, and Clarksville Academy's got Eddie Ricks. I think mm-hmm. if I've got this right, Griffin Cooper, you know, freshman or a sophomore, I know he's an underclassman. Uh, he took a, a trip to Vanderbilt during the course of the regular season for a game day visit. The, the kid is special. So I mm-hmm. think you're going to see a really interesting battle between two special talents tonight. And, you know, I'm not sure, if, you know, I'm sure Hickman's guys are going to be ready to play, but it's got to be tough knowing that the four seed you're facing is, like he said, a two seed in actuality. Yeah, it's a real tough round, but, you know, they just recently went through FCS. They did good pasture. So, you know, they're used to going up against these really good teams, but, yeah, like you said, Griffin Cooper, Eddie Riggs, that's going to be a primetime matchup. You know, those are two D1 kids, a lot of length, a lot of talent. Um, and like I said, battle of the CAs. You don't really you don't really get that too often. Um, last night with Clarksville Academy and MTCS, it was a battle of the Lady Cougars. And uh, now, it's, now it's the battle of the CAs. Um, but another team that is playing their postseason ball coming right up here uh, is the East Robertson Lady Indians. Uh, we have Kenyatta Perry on the line. Kenyatta, how are we doing? No well, sir. How are you? We're doing good. We're doing good. So 
Uh, I want to start off yeah. by asking about this incredible single season turnaround that you guys have. Last season, not winning a game. And this season, you are on the fast track to a district tournament. How, how does that kind of thing even happen? Well, first it starts with, you know, your seniors. They kind of have to set the tone for the season. So they bought into what we were trying to do this year. Um, we knew we had a, I had a good team coming forward with a lot of my freshmen coming in. We're going to contribute this year. And so when they bought into it, when they saw what the seniors were doing, um, this summer, we can kind of see some of the things that, that were going to make this team a little bit special. And we were just hoping with, you know, how well we played this summer that it would transfer over into the season. Uh, and then we get off to a pretty good start playing well. Um, and you just kind of see the confidence growing as we went along. So it, I, I think we won two maybe games last year. Um, it wasn't a whole lot, but we, you know, we had some bright spots there. So it's just a matter of just being consistent, which we have been pretty good this year about being consistent and just building off of that. And, you know, as Brady kind of mentioned, Coach, you know, obviously you guys are the two seed in District 8-1A, but with Joe Burns being the one seed and they'll be missing Grace and Brian at least through that tournament, uh, how does that game plan kind of change if you guys end up meeting for a third time? You split the regular season matchup, but Grace and Brian's available in both of those for Joe Burns. Mm-hmm. Well, it really doesn't change our focus because our goal was to win the district at the beginning. Um, just the road changed a little bit. Uh, we knew we were going to, you know, run Joe Burns at some point in this tournament. Um, you know, albeit being the championship game, without her, they're a little bit different. Uh, Brooke is going to have to play a little bit of a bigger role than she already was playing. Um, Reese is going to have to, you know, step her game up a little bit in the middle. And a lot of her younger players are going to have to be put in roles that they may not be real comfortable playing right now. But with uh, Jessica coaching over there, I think they'll be you know, formidable either way. Uh, they'll have a tough game against Merrill Hyde uh, Friday, but I assume that they're going to win that game. And that's kind of how we're going to prepare uh, for them as we come up. Yeah, and like you said, you guys had kind of a tough season last year with not many bright spots. And then all of a sudden this year you're, you're winning a bunch of games. Is there any kind of learning curve of trying to, you know, handle that success or try to learn how to maintain that success for, especially for the younger players? Well, our, our uh, freshmen coming in, they actually had a really good middle school season where they went to the uh, middle school state tournament. I believe they made it to the elite eight. Um, so they were used to winning. And we could kind of see that as we, like I said, when we threw uh, summer camp at MTSU, uh, we won more games there this year than we have probably the last two years combined. And a lot of that is, you know, to their credit that they didn't want to lose. They didn't want to start, you know, high school as, you know, us not being able to win a game. So our mindset was a little bit different. We are a little bit more focused. Uh, we paid a little bit more attention to detail. And so they're they a very easy group to coach. You can kind of get on them, you know, let them know exactly what you need for them at, you know, a certain points of the game or certain points in the season and they really honed in and focused and they went out and did everything they could to, uh, to accomplish their goal, which right now we're, you know, two games away from doing that. And coach, you mentioned freshmen, Ida Bernard, Katie Pennington are, are two starters in that starting lineup. When did you realize mm-hmm. that those two were going to be something special for your team? Well, like I said, it starts in the summer. You can kind of see the work ethic uh, that they come. They bring Ida's uh, all about business. She's, you know, 
She's going to be here. She's going to work as hard as she can. She's going to, you know, give her her all. And we saw that again, like I said, the end of last year uh, when we brought the eighth graders up. They played in a couple of games at the end of the year. And throwing them in the game, they were, you know, Ida's not afraid of anything. She's just going to go play basketball. And she brought that same drive and mentality to this year's team. And that's why I knew right away she's going to probably be, you know, my, one of my starting guards just for that reason alone. And then you add on it, her ability to shoot the ball. Um, you know, she's an incredible freshman player. And then with Katie, you have more of the versatility of the ball handling, being able to uh, <clears throat> adjust and guard multiple uh, offensive players. And then with her ability, again, to score, that just kind of boosts our team as well. And when they're able to fit with what we've already had in place, uh, that's what made this team really, really good. And then with the older players embracing them and not, you know, holding grudges or being mad about it because they earn their roles on the team, um, that's what makes for a really good team. When you're playing for each other, you're not, you know, no animosity, you just want to win the game. So they go out and they play for each other, which is, like I said, it's fun to coach and it's been good to watch. And your daughter Kylie is a senior this season. Uh, does that give you or your team any little extra motivation, knowing that uh, this is the last season that you'll have being able to coach your daughter? I don't know if there's any motivation. Um, like I said, she's always wanted to be, you know, play her best. Uh, always wanted to be on good teams, and it's like really the first year we've had that opportunity um, to be a part of a, a really good team, more of a family. Um, and like I said, I hope that shows on the court because if you can see the passion that they play with, uh, they're always high five and they're picking each other up. Uh, they rally around each other, you know, whether we're playing good or bad. They, you know, they're always together. Um, and I, it's been wonderful for me to watch her be a part of that. Um, but it's not, you know, been my only goal is, you know, for Kylie, it's, you know, it's a team. Like these seniors have been through a lot. They've grown a lot. Uh, the roles, some of the roles have changed a little bit in the past. Uh, Rue's been my point guard up until, or Savannah Hinkle, I should say, has been my point guard up until this point, and she had a shoulder injury. So she didn't get to play in the summer, and she didn't play at the very beginning of the year through the rehab process of it. And so now she's trying to get back into the groove, trying to find a niche or a role on this team. Um, and that's kind of been an adjustment for her, I know, especially uh, wanting to play more than she is right now, but that's kind of the role that we're in at this point. And, and we had the same thing with Peyton. Um, she didn't play this summer either, um, but she came back right away. And so her role, you know, she kind of fit into the role that we had at that moment. And uh, she's played really, really well, uh, adjusted really well. And like I said, that's just part of that being a team and trying to do this together. Um, and I think winning kind of helped some of that, kind of solved some of those problems where you don't have the, the animosity or I need more shots or she's doing this. Um, so winning is kind of the cure of that. But at the same time, you can see the growth uh, of the seniors maturing and kind of bringing the younger players along. Hey, Coach, your, your team's a number two seed in the District 8A tournament. You'll have an opportunity, you know, if you win your first game, the semifinal, because you'll have a first round bye, you'll have an opportunity mm -hmm. to, to meet up with Joe Burns again. But, you know, Coach Holt said after you guys upset them at your place that they're the new up-and-coming team. In your mind, you hear that quote, you think about playing for a district championship, hopefully at the end of this week. What do you think about that? 
Well, you well, uh, that's kind of what we built for, and that's what we're you know building towards is trying to have that longevity or the, the not just one year of, of of playing well, but consistently play well over you know three, four, five years. And a lot of that has to do with the players. Um, Joe Burns had you know the players to be able to do that for three, four years, and they were the team that you're shooting for to try to win or try to beat, I should say. Um, and now we're we're getting close. We knew we were getting close after the first game. Uh, we played really well at their place, had an opportunity to win, and we ended up losing at the end. But I think just from that game alone, we grew a little bit as far as knowing what type of team we have and where we can get to. And so the second time we played them, um, and we you know we actually pulled that game out and won, you can kind of, again, see the confidence growing that, yeah, we can play. We are pretty good. So the confidence is coming back a little bit. Because if you have, you know, the two seasons we had the prior two years where, you you know, winning two and three games the whole season, it can kind of take a toll on you mentally. So I think mentally we're getting a little bit prepared or a little bit better, uh, I guess, awareness of where we're at. And so we're trying to kind of creep them back up into, yeah, we can play. We can play with Joe Burns. We can play with some of the better teams. It's just a matter of going on the court and doing it. Well, Coach, best of luck over this weekend. It's going to be an exciting one for you and your girls. Regardless of the outcome, you guys do get that opportunity in the region tournament. So best of luck. You get to host Mm -hmm. the district and the regions. So uh, we're excited to see where you go from here. I appreciate it. Thank you, Coach. All right, Brady, our one segment. Yeah, let's get into it. So – so as I was going through my notes, you know, I was I was writing through this yesterday. Uh, one team that I wanted to talk about was West Creek. Um, I wrote fighting through memories of a blowout because I thought that they might have played uh, CHS. You know, if if they had if they were to win that play-in game, they'd be going into play CHS, who they lost by thirty-five. They're not playing CHS because they didn't win their play-in game. Um, it's, it's, you know, you were there. Uh, you'd be able to tell me more about the game, but losing to Springfield, um, I mean, that was just, that was just a heart crusher for them, I would imagine. But, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to turn that over to you because you'd be able to tell me more about that game. But West Creek boys, their season came to an end after starting 14 and five this season. Yeah. You know, my, my one thing goes in, you know, with Springfield that West Creek play in, Springfield scores 26 points in the first three quarters. They look dead to rights. The first quarter, they had eight turnovers. He couldn't have pictured a worse start, but they scored 27 points in the fourth quarter. Now, granted, I'll say West Creek kind of kept them in it. You know, they had 10 personal fouls in the first half, and, you know, Springfield was shooting a lot of free throws from technicals, and I think West Creek had two technicals in the first half, which really helped Springfield kind of stay in it when, you know, they're not making any shots, but you know, they had one one lead the whole night, and they, they held on to it to win. And, uh, I mean, I don't think anybody was really expecting it. West Creek was had sweeped Springfield during the regular season. It, it just – it surprised me, but, you know, it, it's kind of how Coach Russell Malone said for West Creek. There are three seasons. There's the preseason, you know, before the district. There's the district, and then there's the district tournament. And the district tournament is one game. It can be, so – yeah, I mean that's just, I mean put it, make calling it a heartbreaker is, is probably not enough to, to to sum it up for West Creek. So, 
their season's done. Springfield's going on. They're going to play Clarksville on Friday. Um, and Ted Young, I was actually talking to him, I, I believe it was about a week or two ago, and he said he'd rather play West Creek than Springfield. So not necessarily getting the matchup that uh, that they'd prefer, but uh should be an interesting game. Springfield's and game that, and that game was 51-44 to 44 in their first meeting at Springfield, a seven-point right. game. And I know Clarksville kind of took the reins on that second one. I believe it was 18. But, you know, seven points and – you know, J.J. still had a pretty good game. I, yeah. I, I'm not saying – I'm not calling for Springfield to upset Clarksville because Clarksville hasn't lost in the district and has, I think, two losses on the season. But there has to be uh, – there's obviously a reason Ted Young is, you know, would rather play West Creek than Springfield. Yeah, absolutely. I think Clarksville has played maybe five single-digit games all season. So, And, and Springfield being one of those, that's, that's definitely impressive on their part. So – um, but you know Clarksville's not going to overlook them, and they never do. Um, but getting into the next team, uh, we're going to talk about the Kenwood boys. They, uh, they, they, can't, they can't lose that one to win. I mean, they uh, they just recently lost last night to Henry County. I believe it was a two-point loss. They were leading in the fourth quarter, uh, and that's obviously just a heartbreaker for them. You know, Henry County is always a rival for any school in Clarksville. And uh, Kenwood really being their main adversary in District 14, that's that's just that hurts them. That hurts them a lot. And they've lost games recently to Clarksville. They've lost games to Rossview. Um, so you know they just can't lose that will to win. It can be easy when you're going through that adversity to just say you know like man like this just this isn't worth it. You know what what are we doing this for? But that's a really talented team. They've got a really good young coach in Chase Cronin. Um, if they can keep fighting through. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, getting through those those really, really tough experiences and coming out stronger, you know, kind of rising up like a phoenix out of the ashes, that, that that sort of thing. Because they can win that district tournament. They, they they almost just beat Henry County. So they know that they can win that game. And if they do get that one seed going into the region tournament, um, that's a lot better than being, you know, a potential two seed and having to maybe play Clarksville in uh, the second round. Well, I'll say in District 14 4A, that was probably the strangest thing I've ever seen because they weren't playing in. Kenwood and Henry County were playing for the one and two seed. And my thought is that the break that decides that, it almost feels like with that 14 district, that's more of a, a disadvantage for the one and two seed because now they have to play three games. Well, here's the thing with that is uh, that game actually got postponed to oh. Tuesday. So, yeah, okay. that was actually just their second meeting of the season. Um, so that okay. was a regular season game that they were playing on Tuesday. That's so strange. Yeah, it, a very, a very a late game. regular season game. Well, I mean, and it didn't – I guess it decided the one and two, so Henry County's the one and Kenwood is the two in that district. Yep. So Kenwood will play Northwest – and Henry County plays Dixon County? Is that right? Yep, that's right. Just a weird, weird stuff over there in 14 for a But yeah. uh, on on the other side, you know, let's talk about the other play in last night, Springfield and West Creek. I'll give a – it was an interesting doubleheader for play in between Springfield and West Creek. But big shout-out to Springfield head coach Tara Corin. Had her second child on um, Friday. Missed the team's – season finale in the regular season at Spring Hill and missed their one postseason practice on Monday um, and then returned to the sidelines on Tuesday. 
And if you've ever seen Tara Corrin coach, she likes to be loud. She likes to run around on the sideline. She even has these heels that have Springfield on the back of the heels and she'll her player here. So a bit of a surprise when I saw her just sitting, you know, third seed from the square game. And she comes up to me at halftime and says, you know, I can't stand up too much because I just had my kid. <laughs> you know, Springfield ends up winning that game 60 to 42. The Lady Yellow Jackets advanced to the region tournament for the first time since 2016. So congratulations to Coach Corin and Scarlett, uh, her first daughter. Yeah, I mean, that is just incredible. <laughs> I mean, some of the things women do, man, I mean, I, I, I couldn't even imagine. That's that's, inc- that's pretty incredible on her part. Congratulations to uh, Coach Corin. Uh, and and they're in the region now. Uh, after winning that game, they got a they got a tough district game coming up against Rossview, and they'll they'll be in the region after that. That playing um, game is going to be huge. You know, if oh, yeah. if they lose to Rossview, which I think they're kind of you know both sides would probably expect. I know I saw a coach Rossview's coach there last night, just in Woods, but I'm pretty sure you know Rossview will move on, being the number one team in that district. But that playing game with what will likely be Northeast will be big. Because you know, that gets you out of playing maybe Northwest in the first round of the region. Yeah, no question. Absolutely. Uh, now, my next team, like I was going to do these notes yesterday, um, I wrote about the Clarksville Academy girls to, um, you know, uh, stay focused through their um, – their, stay tough through their tough region. Um, but like uh, West Creek boys, uh, their season came to an end last night. Uh, they played a really good MTCS team and uh, lost – by a pretty decent amount. So that ends their season. Uh, Charles Clark, head coach at TA, um, even told me that, you know, this was kind of a, excuse me, this was kind of a rebuilding season for them. And uh, that's that's kind of the end of it uh, last night. Um, you know, they went 20 and 11, so not bad for a rebuilding season. Um, but they only had one senior, Shea Khan. She had, I think, five points last night. She was a, a very good contributor for them. Um, but overall, if you're if it's one eleven, calling that a rebuilding season and then losing one senior, you know, there are there are much worse scenarios than that. So, um, you know, I think they got a lot of good experience this year. Um, obviously, getting to that region is huge. Uh, finishing second in a really tough district with teams like Good Pasture, East Nashville, DCA, um, you know, just a very strong season for them. And uh, I got to give any of them props. I got to give them a shout out for. Uh, for getting to the region. Um, unfortunately, it came to kind of a crashing end there, but um, that is the end of the season for the Clarksville Academy Lady Cougars. And, you know, I think I would almost take off one of their losses because it was to Black, who hadn't lost all season. Yeah. When you're playing a really tough team like Blackman in the middle of Christmas, I don't know. I mean, obviously no one else has beaten them, so I, I don't know. I, I think that's admirable in of itself. Mm-hmm. The last one thing I've got, East Robertson and Joe Burns will go for a two for here. Uh, both teams are one and two, respectively, in their District 8A tournament. The girls, Joe Burns is one, East Robertson is two, and it's flipped for the boys, East Robertson. It's not an incredible tear. Uh, throughout you know the second half of the season, they haven't lost in 2022. They knocked off Greenbrier to end the regular season, AAA team. They lost two pretty handily at the beginning of the year. And, you know, that's just Greenbrier's third loss of the season. So, you know, it's going to be an exciting region tournament, going to be an exciting district tournament. I, I've talked a lot about that region because you talk about Clay County and you talk about Pickett County. 
just the idea of those teams facing off against Taylor Groves and even Taylor Head and Kenny Tolliver with Joe Burns. It's going to be some exciting games, I think, at the region. And all of it's at East Robertson, too, so there's no reason to, to not stop by for a game or two. Fortunately, I won't be there this weekend. I'll be celebrating a birthday. Make sure to follow Tyler Graves, who is uh, the Connection sports reporter or news reporter and helps out with sports a little bit. He'll get all the coverage you need from those games. Absolutely. And my final one thing is about the Ross Few girls, and this is going to be as simple as it gets. Stay focused. They uh, are the uh, number one seed um, in the district, District 13, uh, 4A. Uh, if there were, you know, bef- before the region turned, if there was before region, they'd be the number one seed in the region too because um, they have two wins over uh, Clarksville. They got the win over Northwest. Um, they did lose to Henry County during a, uh, a holiday tournament, um, but I think they probably tell you that you know they're they're, not, they're probably not counting that one too much. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it is still a loss. But you know, I think if they do get that rematch, they're they're going to feel pretty comfortable, especially with that game being out in their home court instead of having to go down to, out to Paris. Um, but if as long as they stay focused, you know, they've already beaten Clarksville twice. Granted. One of those was a one-point game. The other was in a game where Mari Berry missed most of the fourth quarter, and when she wasn't, she was hobbled. So um, that gave them a good advantage when, you know, one of the best players in the state is out. Um, but, uh, the, you know, they, they blew Northwest out. So, you know, as long as they can stay focused, as long as they can play their game, they're definitely going to be a favorite to host a sub-state game. And, you know, if you're hosting that, you're bringing a team from Memphis all the way up to Clarksville. Um that's, that's a heck of a home court advantage for you to potentially taste. And you talk about home court advantage, you know, with them hosting the district tournament at least, and that's got to be good for them, uh, especially whenever Amari Berry's got some motivation from picking up that University of Tennessee offer yesterday. That's right. I was actually about to uh, get into that. Uh, that's a good transition into our player of the week. Um, I was going to name Amari my player of the week because she um, – had really good games last week. Um, she had, you know, that's she had a 17-point game against Rossview in, in a tough loss. And that was despite not really playing the fourth quarter. Um, she had, I, I believe, 28 against Northeast, and like you said, just picked up that offer for T. As a sophomore, that's that's pretty incredible to get an offer from the premier program in your state as a sophomore. Um, you know, just congratulations to her. She's uh, she's earned it for sure. She's a uh, Miss Basketball finalist in 4A, along with Tamia Scott from Northwest. Um, so, that, I, I mean, I, I don't see any reason why she shouldn't be my player of the week. Well, you know, she's definitely got, like I said, some motivation this week if they can get past Northeast in the semifinal round and, you know, get get a district championship against Rossview. Uh, is that championship on Monday or Tuesday? That would be on Monday. Monday, I believe. The girls Monday. will play on Monday. Yeah, so – my player of the week for the girls' side, Faith Johnstone of White House High School, it, it was an exciting game to close the regular season for the Lady Blue Devils. I know I'm going back to the week I have. This game was too good to, to not mention. White House trailed by 11 with three minutes left, but somehow came back to get their first win at Greenbrier in eight years. Uh, an inbound pass in the closing seconds, Led to an assist to Johnstone, who was wide open for a layup. The Welsh College signee is, you know, best guard and best offensive player. So, you know, they're going to really rely on her and really rely on Marley Hyde in the district tournament where they face Greenbrier in round one. 
Should be a uh, a fun matchup there. Uh, my boys player of the week, similar situation to Amar Berry. I'm going with Eddie Ricks, who we talked about with Coach Hickman. Uh, he was named the uh, D2 Middle 4 District MVP, the tournament MVP, and just like Barry, he was named a finalist for Mr. Basketball in D2A. Um, you know, Coach Hickman said that he sees him as the front runner or the favorite for that award. Um, so, you know, getting getting those is uh, is a huge honor. You know, three big time things to kind of hang on his mantle or you know tell recruiters about. He's already got some offers uh, from Division One programs, and I gotta imagine there's going to be more coming in uh, very soon. It makes me wish that Robertson County had a, a D2A school so that I could watch a little bit more of Eddie Ricks. I've seen him play once this year, and I've watched him play a lot last year, and he's just a really exciting kid to watch. If you couldn't tell by how much we talk about him on here, he's definitely a gifted talent. Uh, I'll Absolutely. go from one one big man to the next in uh, Springfield's Kamari Flair. It's my boy's player of the week. We go back to the playing game last night. He scores 11 of his 17 points. That's a game high uh, in the second half. Kamarian's just so gifted around the rim, you know, within five feet. He's a lengthy guy. He's a little lanky, uh, pretty undersized, but Springfield likes their undersized guys down low. You think about Savion Scott last year and a couple of guys the years before, but, you know, he's going to be a big deal for them. And if they want to make any noise in the district, in the region, you know, Clarksville on, on later in the week, I guess. And, you know, it's hard to believe that he's a, just a junior. He's a player, and honestly, for the longest time, I thought he was a senior this year, just because of how well and how composed he kind of plays alongside Deshaun Robinson. Uh, Kamari and Flair is going to be a big deal for Springfield down the stretch, and, you know, we'll see what they do in the in the next couple of games. Absolutely. Um, now, transitioning into our game of the week, um, I can I can pretty easily knock both of mine out in, in one here because uh, we have potential rematches of Clarksville and Rossview in both boys and girls coming up. Um, now, in the uh, boys' matchup, Clarksville is the number one seed in the district. Rossview is the number two. Last time these two teams played, uh, uh, what was that, about a week ago, um, Bobby Schmerda reference, that was unintentional. Um, nice. They, so they played uh, one week uh, prior. Uh, it'll be a little over a week since uh, um, once they do meet up, potentially, about two weeks once they meet up, if, if, if that does happen. Um Rossview lost that game on last-second free throws by J.J. Wheat, and Rossview feels like that they didn't follow J.J. Wheat there. They feel like that, you know, they defended him well enough to force a miss, and, you know, were that the case, they'd have either had a chance to win it or gone into overtime. So they, I don't want to, I don't want to use the word robbed because that's a, that's a really, that's a really strong word, but, uh, you know, I definitely feel like they, uh, they might have, but slighted a little bit, so that that could give them a chance to come out with some serious fire in uh, in that next game if they do get a rematch. And then on the girls' side, you know, I kind of mentioned it. Um, Rossi's the number one seed. Clarksville's the number two seed. Um, they had a they played a one point game earlier this season, and then uh, just uh, in that same night as that Rossview Clarksville boys game I just mentioned, um, it was a really close game until Mari Berry started cramping up, and uh, then Rossview kind of ran away with it because well your best player went out. Um, so if, if they get a game where, you know, Amari Berry is healthy the entire time, she's probably going to be coming out wanting to win just because she doesn't lose to many teams twice. Um, that, that, that has a chance to be an excellent game. So I, I am super looking forward to both of those potential rematches, and those would come on Monday for the girls, Tuesday for the boys. 
of all the things I thought we'd talk about today, I was not expecting a Bobby Shmurda reference. So yeah, uh, unintentional too. <laughs> I wonder how many people in our audience will even know who Bobby Shmurda is, but we, we should take um, a poll. I think. Yeah, if, if you know who Bobby Shmurda is, let us know on that on Twitter. Our our Twitter's the screen. You're listening, Brady MSP. It's Brady underscore MSP and Sports underscore BK. Um, let us know your favorite body Bobby Shmurda song. Now, you go back, going back to what you said about, you know, Rossview feeling slighted to, for a lack of better words. On Saturday, we were talking about this, and Coach Jackson for Rossview kind of said some, sent some receipts to you about how he thought it wasn't a foul, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. He actually did. Um, well, he, at first he responded on Twitter because I did post the video of, the, of that play where we uh, had the foul called. Um, he actually initially responded to that on Twitter and said, what foul? Um, and some CHS kids that, and, well, as, 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 as some people on Twitter like to call it, he was ratioed. Um, and he, ended up, he eventually deleted it. But he did send me um, over DM a couple um, images and videos of, of plays where, you know, he thought, you know, may, maybe he'd have called him differently. So um, they're definitely, they're definitely going to keep that in the backs of their minds. Well, kind of like how you did, I can knock out my games of the week in one foul swoop. I'll give a runner-up to Greenbrier and White House Girls. That might be another fun one, a 3v2 game later in the week. That will be hosted by White House and also White House Montgomery Central. That should be a good playing game on Thursday. I know I'll be there, and uh, it'll be exciting to see which team moves on to the region. But, of course, we go to another rivalry. I've mentioned it already, District 8-1A, East Robertson, Joe Byrne. Burns is really the only team that's been able to hang tough with East Robertson outside of maybe Charlesdale County in the district. So an opportunity for those two teams to meet again. It's been low scoring. Uh, Taylor Groves has gone for 30 in one of them. I think he went for 32 in another. But the girls' side, obviously, East Robertson girls, we talked to Coach Perry, they might have an opportunity to really snag one from Joe Burns uh, for such a big win, especially due to Grace and Bryan going down. Absolutely. So a lot of good basketball coming up. It always does with, uh, when postseason time rolls around like this. It's, it's a very exciting time for sports reporters. It's a very exhausting time for sports reporters. Um, I've got I, I, today, as we're recording, this is uh, day three of nine in a row where I'll have games to cover. So um, living my best life right now. Um, you, Brady. How do you keep going through nine? A nine-day binge of uh, covering sports? Staying to staying out till nine and then writing sports till about midnight. Oh man! Um, knowing I have a good night's sleep coming up definitely helps. Um, <laughs> I've been drinking these uh, like caffeinated teas lately, some cold cold teas, and those I've been getting larger sizes uh, oh, yeah. recently. Instead, of, I, I've been upgrading to the biggest size instead of just kind of like a medium. <laughs> so that's definitely helped give me a little kick in the pants. But I mean. You know, like I said, this is an exciting time. You know, postseason basketball. Um, you know, it, it, that makes a lot of same kind of your average run of the mill. Um, you know, Tuesday game uh, in in January or you know November or something like that. So it, it stays exciting. Um, we'll have uh, postseason basketball. You know, tonight, Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, um, and then on uh, on Saturday we've got. Um, potentially a championship game for Clarksville Academy boys if they're if they're uh, going to get that far. Um, if not, I'll be going to Austin P basketball games against tech, uh, Tennessee Tech. And then Sunday, Austin P baseball. I mean, 
he believed baseball season is already here. It's supposed to be a beautiful day. I think it'll be in the season sunny as they play Boston College. So really looking forward to that. Um, so, you know, it, 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 the excitement kind of kind of builds itself in, uh, at this time of the year. I remember it was probably two years ago uh, whenever Austin P opened up with Eastern Michigan, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, that that game was maybe 20 or 30 degrees outside. So, yeah, 60, 60 and against an ACC foe definitely trumps, uh, you know, 30 against a MAC team. A MAC team, that's right. The uh, the Eagles out of Ypsilanti, Michigan. It's, uh, yeah, I, I'm taking 60. I'll say that. <laughs> but um, thank you guys again so much for uh, tuning in. Uh, it was another great episode, in my humble opinion, of the MSP North podcast. Um, follow along on uh, Main Street Preps uh, to get all of our coverage this week as we uh, keep up with all of the action. Um, it's going to be fun stuff. But uh, until next time, thanks. This has been the MSP North Podcast covering high school sports in Robertson and Montgomery Counties with your host, Blaine Keller and Brady McAtamney. Follow them on Twitter at Brady underscore MSP. Also, Blaine at sports underscore BK. And, of course, always online at MainStreetPreps.com. The MSP North Podcast is a Main Street Media production.